Hello and welcome to Self Satisfied. I'm Britta. And I'm Cassie. Cassie, how was your week? Oh, I'm so tired. I am just, <laughs> just exhausted. Would you say the holidays are bullshit? Mm, I love <laughs> the holidays. I do not love the people. Like, I, I love people. I love, and I love working in customer service, but it's just this time of year, people, everyone is so angry. And everyone's so, so like, yeah. And I'm just, I'm so busy. And I'm so tired. <laughs> Yeah, so, I yeah. haven't even got a tree up in my house yet. Me either, and mine's usually up, like, mid-November. Yeah. But end of November, the latest. Yeah, last year I had started putting it up, like, the week before Thanksgiving, just because I was like, listen. I remember, because we did it together. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of work to put it up, and I don't get to enjoy it long enough. <laughs> so what was your bright spot this week? Uh. So this is like a preemptive bright spot, I guess, because I haven't really had many that really stand out. Um, but I get Olive Garden for lunch tomorrow. Like we get catering at work and I get Olive Garden. So I'm nice. very excited about that. <laughs> is it a special event tomorrow? No. My company just feeds us. Nice. <laughs> Way to go, company. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I like it. <laughs> Eat a breadstick for me. I will. I'll eat two, even. <laughs> so, Britta, how was your week? Uh, that was an appropriately timed yawn. Same. Same. same, same. <laughs> Pretty much the same as yours. I'm very tired. I uh, was supposed to do inventory this week, which would be our last full inventory, because we're just switching to a continuous stock count, where we basically do many inventories every day. But... The device that I use to count everything in the store broke and I had to order a new one. So the new one came the day that I was supposed to prep for inventory, but it there was something wrong with that one as well. So I couldn't set it up and basically I had to cancel inventory this week and move it to the week after next. Oh my God. Which was a huge pain in my ass. Like, yeah, that is terrible. I hate that for you. Yeah, but it's all good in the end, I suppose. Mm. I'm just tired from work, and that never ends, it seems like. That is that is our our life until, until this podcast makes us rich. So, you know, share with your friends, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we don't have to be tired all the time. <laughs> Get it out there. <laughs> you can live a life of leisure. What was your bright spot? So last week I went to Terre Haute for Thanksgiving and got to see Foster, which is always a bright spot of its mm -hmm. own. Mm -hmm. But I I think I've mentioned here before how he doesn't seem to miss me much. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I get that he is a kid and we are not just in general as a family the most like expressive of those kinds of things so like I try not to let it get to me but I'm always like man does he even care that like he sees me once a month it's like mm -hmm. he doesn't seem like it usually I walk in 
and have to ask him for a hug and he, you know, begrudgingly stops what he's doing and gives me a hug and then goes back to what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But this last time I visited, he first off was very huggy the whole time, like just kept giving me random hugs and cuddling with me and it was very sweet. And he did two things that were really, really special. Before we went to bed, he was like, oh, I forgot I have something for you. And he comes out and he's got it in his hand and he's like, I got this for being good in speech therapy and I got to pick something out. So I picked this out for you and it was a teeny tiny little opalescent snail shell, which anybody who knows me knows that if he had just showed it to me, like, look at this cool thing I got, my crow brain would have been like, that's mine. Right. <laughs> I'm taking it with me. Um, I'm sorry, but I need it. Um, so he picked it out, especially for me, and I thought that was really sweet. Not only was he thinking about me, but he picked out something that I really do absolutely adore, and I put it in a little special spot with my moon rock. Aww. And then he wanted to sleep on the couch with me, so so he did, and he fell asleep early. And as I was getting ready for bed, I was going around the apartment shutting the lights off, and David was like, oh, you have to leave the kitchen light on because both of my kids are sociopaths and sleep in jeans and socks with all the lights on like freaks. And <laughs> I was like, this whole light? Because it's an open concept apartment, so the kitchen is literally in the living room, essentially. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, he'll get scared without it. I was like, oh, my God, it's terrible. (laughs) So I was like, whatever. I'll sleep facing the back of the couch, I guess. So I went to sleep, and Foster, since he had fallen asleep really early, woke up really early. And so I woke up at, like, 4.30 in the morning, and he was watching StoryBots on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And he was watching it super, super quiet. Like, you could barely hear it. And I woke up, and I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, watching TV. And he's like... Don't be scared. The lights are off. I shut them off so you could sleep better. Aww. <laughs> and he went so and shut sweet. off the lights so, so that I would thoughtful. sleep better. Aww. Yeah, he's an angel. What a sweet so heart. obviously, I don't love that he misses me because I don't want him to be sad that I'm not right. there. But right. it is nice to know that you know he loves his mommy. <laughs> his mommy. His mommy is the most lovable. So I I Aww. don't blame him. so this week on self-satisfied we are talking about suicide prevention especially during the holidays it could be a really hard time for people who are struggling with their mental health and you know feelings of loneliness or crushing senses of wanting to leave this plane of existence so Mm -hmm. we wanted to talk about some of the signs and symptoms that people might be struggling and what you can do to help them Some of the general risk factors for people, there are some mental health conditions that might exacerbate those feelings, such as depression, addiction, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, conduct disorders like operational defiance disorder, anxiety, BPD, chronic illnesses, or traumatic brain injuries. Some environmental factors might be prolonged stress from things like bullying, abuse, either from a parent or in a relationship, toxic relationships, work or career problems, or financial problems, major stressful life events like divorces or breakups, or major deaths of people close to them, exposure to suicide, or graphic sensationalized accounts of suicide. So 
you know, those, there's a word that I cannot, I've been trying to think of all day, but like when it's, um, what's it called when you're like making something seem ideal? Mm. Glorifying. Like a glorifying say, account. I was about to say idolizing, which isn't. Idealized. Ideal, um, idealized, but, yeah. <laughs> but stories of suicides that might seem glorified, like mm-hmm. somebody who died and then, I don't know, like say they got to come back and haunt their funeral and see how much everybody missed them and right. et cetera, et cetera, you know, and, and it kind of gives you that validation and stuff. And then, you know, young people might hear stories of similar things and right. make And that's worse. why I won't watch, like, I mean, me specifically, just because I know I've struggled with it in the past, is I won't watch certain shows. Like, I know that there's that, what, 13 Reasons Why? Can we mention yeah. things like that on the podcast? <laughs> We're not big enough yet so. to care. <laughs> um, but there's that 13 Reasons Why that was really popular, and it sounds really... It actually sounds like a good show, but I absolutely will not watch it just because I I don't necessarily think, once again, haven't seen it. So I don't know. I don't think that they glorify it, but I think it's something that could be triggering. I mean, I think it kind of does in a way. Like, it definitely Mm -hmm. illustrates how hard it is for people to deal with the aftermath. But at the same time, like, the girl who committed suicide was the hero of that story. Right. So maybe not for um, for me being 35 years old and having those dark thoughts. Like, I'm not watching that show and thinking, yes, I want to be Hannah Baker. Mm-hmm. But somebody who's 13, 14 years old might definitely associate that show right. with... Right look at all the attention that my death might garner. So definitely a good example of of what I'm talking about. Um, On with environmental factors, sorry. History of trauma, family history of suicide, or obviously previous attempts of suicide. Right. So some of the signs and symptoms for me personally, I put question mark, question mark, question mark and maybe I'm just kind of clueless in this area and people were more privy to me being at my lowest than I realized which was probably like 2015 I know that I spent 90% of the time that I was alone crying in my car on the way home from work or in the office or back room at work Mm -hmm. or when I was walking my dog Mm -hmm. pretty much all the time when I was alone I was crying I remember laying in bed with my partner and I felt like he hated me and I couldn't sleep and all I could do was cry and think about how the only way to fix all my problems was to die and I'd fantasize about it constantly and I was never worried that I was going to go from like suicidal ideation to actually hurting myself but I was worried that I would unknowingly slip into that headspace without like realizing it and I hadn't really told anybody about how I felt until fairly recently I've been more open with with that kind of thing and I was kind of ashamed of it at the time and also I think a part of me was a bit afraid like on one hand I didn't want to worry people because I didn't think Mm -hmm. that I was going to do anything but I also 
think maybe I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want anyone to talk me out of it if I did slip into that, you know? Right, right, right. Um, But I don't know if there were warning signs outside of that, like externally, that other people would have noticed. I mean, I know that my friends knew that I was going through some stuff, but like recently, like with everything pre-marriage issues, I remember my friends saying like, oh, you know, when you came and visited us, we noticed you just weren't really yourself, you know? And I was not nearly as bad off this go-around as I was back then. But nobody really voiced serious concern over it. Like, it's not like I don't think that my friends cared or that they weren't worried or whatever. But I don't know that anybody was like, pretty sure she's going to off herself any minute now. (laughs) So... So I think that's alarming how maybe you would not notice that the people close to you are like that. And I think, like, there was definitely times when I noticed that you were off. And I know you had been going through a lot of stuff that year, too. But admittedly, that was, I mean, and we'll talk about it when I talk about mine a little bit more. That was also my year where I was, like, one of my dark years where I was going through, like, the suicidal ideations and everything Mm -hmm. pretty frequently, too. And so it's, like, I was so focused on that and basically like convincing myself to stay alive right that I just failed to notice it and I felt guilty right. about it recently where we're talking right about but it. I, and, I like even recently with your recent experiences with being super low like mm-hmm. obviously I know that you're struggling you know what right. I mean and I do my best to to let you know I'm here to support you but like I didn't even realize it had gotten that deep recently for you. Right. right you know, right. and I think that is something that, like, we, you could talk about the signs and symptoms all day, but fact of the matter is, some people aren't going to give them to you. Right, <laughs> Some exactly. people are just going to quietly slip out of the universe, mm-hmm. and you're going to have no idea that was even a thought in their head. Exactly. Um, and I think that's the, the truly dangerous ones. Like, the people who are giving you signs and symptoms, that's, a cry for help and the people like us who are hiding those signs and symptoms and saying no everything's you know I'm okay I'm fine like it's it's all good uh those are the ones that you know you might wake up to a phone call that they did something terrible and you Mm -hmm. didn't even see it coming so prevention for me listen your girl's a people pleaser, okay? <laughs> and if you think that I would end my life and hurt my kids and my friends and my parents and even my ex-husband, like, do you even know me? <laughs> do you, would I ever? Um, but back in 2015 when I was at that low point, like I was just thinking today, you know, there's a lot of downsides to social media and technology being what it is today. But if I didn't have text messages and social media and constant access to people who love me, Mm -hmm. like if I had really thought that nobody would have cared that I ended my life, I might have done it. You know, like that might have been the thing. So um, just knowing that I'm important to people is very helpful. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even if it's, 
I'm the kind of person I like to feel needed. So not that I want you to be constantly giving me, you know, tasks and homework to be your friend or whatever, but just knowing like, hey, I enjoy talking to you. I like having you in my life, etc., is extremely helpful. Um, like I mentioned, make sure you're checking on your strong friends and all your friends, but do not trust as emotionally disconnected bitches to tell you shit. <laughs> Let them know you miss them, need them in your life. Let them know you'd be sad if they weren't here. Another thing that I find very helpful, and I think that it's obvious by the way that I am now with trying to be honest about the things that I struggle with and my mental health journey, if you struggle with things like suicidal thoughts, ideations, or the temptation to do something harmful to yourself, be open about it. The more you share with people, the more they're gonna be inclined to share with you. So like I said, Cassie, I didn't know that Cassie was in a place that dark until you know we talked about suicidal ideation and she was like, yeah, I know exactly what that is. I've been experiencing it recently. So that's not always been my MO, but in the last couple of years, I've definitely seen how important it is to share your struggles so that you can create a safe space for your friends to open up so that you can offer them support. Another helpful thing is to push mental health services. Talk about your experience with medication or therapy. Talk about the highs and lows. Let people know that yes, it can be hard. It can be scary, daunting, but in the end that it's worth it for the benefits. I know that I was terrified to start therapy because I thought I don't know. I thought that a therapist would be like, you're just a weenie baby. <laughs> and, yeah. and that I didn't really need to be there. I just needed to get over my shit, you know? And obviously that's not how it is. It can be scary to open up to even a mental health professional where you know you're in a safe space. Ask my therapist. I didn't do great at it. But uh, talking to somebody will help. And if you have those strong friends, if you have people in your life that you know are struggling you know, help them find those resources. And that was it. What's your, uh, what do you think your signs and symptoms are? Well, I have struggled with depression basically most of my, I would say probably since adolescence. There's been a lot of ups and downs and... I've gotten help for it before. I was in therapy a lot as a kid, well, as a teenager. And I think that I definitely was never honest with my therapist either. And I was never honest with my friends fully about the extent of my depression. I mean, I think as a teenager, I did a lot of, I would talk about it a lot as more of a cry for help. And at 16, I actually attempted suicide and I don't think that was an actual, like, I don't think I wanted to die at that point. I think it was more just me saying, like, listen, I have all this stuff going on and I need somebody. Like it was you wanting somebody to notice you wanted to die, kind of. Right, right, right. But, like, as far as my signs go, I am a big, big isolator. I tend to just withdraw completely. Ask Britta. Like, honestly, like, if I go... If I go a day without texting Britta, then I probably, that's probably a warning sign, honestly. <laughs> Noted. Right. <laughs> but I, I, I isolate a lot and I typically am 
like, you could ask me how I'm doing. I'm going to tell you I'm fine. Just like Britta said, I'm one of those people who just, I pretend like I'm stronger than I actually am. And I typically, like, I'll lose motivation, too. That's one of my big things is I lose motivation and I just don't want to clean. I don't want to... I don't even really want to eat like I don't and if I eat it's just junk food which is easy because I don't want to put in any effort because it doesn't feel worth it to me like putting in effort to clean my house or even clean myself <laughs> or anything like that just doesn't seem worth it because I don't feel like I am worth it or I am really deserving of those things does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like, why would you spend an hour cooking a healthy meal when when there's no you don't care about yourself? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And then I also have a lot of trouble sleeping, and that's something that I kind of have pretty frequently, anyways. Um, Especially as an adult, like I have issues with like recurrent recurring insomnia off and on but it's really bad when I start spiraling and I think maybe that exacerbates it a little Mm -hmm. bit too however it's definitely a warning sign like the two go hand in hand and then also I get a lot of focus troubles which aligns with my ADHD um because it definitely makes it worse though yeah (laughs) I think you said I can't remember if it was a few episodes ago where it's like whenever you were going through a difficult time and Adderall had worked for you really well before, but then whenever that depression hit and that dark period hit, it was like, it doesn't help. So that's kind of the same thing with me. So I just, I feel like my signs, my warning signs are fairly like standard, Fairly, like what you think of when you when you read an article about the warning signs of depression and of suicide, mine kind of align pretty well with that. However, I'm never going to tell you. Like, I'm just going right. to isolate and just keep it all to myself. I have become a lot more open about it, especially recently, because I think that I know it's an ongoing issue for me and... Right now, like right now, I know for a fact I don't want to die. (laughs) I know I want to live. So I'm definitely like I will tell people this is what it felt like. And I will talk about it and I will vent about it. So uh, I think therapy has helped with that a lot. I once again, I said I started like I've been in therapy off and on since I was probably 10 years old. Uh, But I was never honest with my therapist until this past year, until I started going again in, what, August? And essentially, I had, like, I was in a dark spot, and I went to my doctor, and I, like, this is the doctor that I went to for for my antidepressants anyways, and my psychiatric meds and all of that, and I told her, listen, I... I want to die. Like I right now I would run my car off a bridge if, if I didn't think it was going to scar my children. Let's backtrack a little bit. Uh 2015, I talked about when I was 16 and I had that suicide attempt and it was really terrible and I had to eat charcoal. <laughs> 
I never popped my stomach, but I had to eat a ton of charcoal, and it was the most disgusting thing ever. So that definitely was a memorable experience. Mm. My mouth was black. I looked like the girl from the from what the Grudge, or is that it? Oh, uh, yeah, it was so. weird. It was weird. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I had that, and once again, a little bit of a cry for help more than anything. But 2015, I was going through a really, really difficult time. And I have talked about this on this podcast before, I believe. After my dad had died and after Cora had been hospitalized and, you know, had some serious medical issues that we weren't sure if she was going to make it. I had some difficulties in my marriage at that time. And I kind of just felt like I didn't have anyone there to support me and I didn't really feel like I had anyone to talk to and I know like now I can look back and say I know I have friends and I know I could have reached out to Britta or I know I could have reached out to Shreya or I don't think Chantel and I were super close at that time but I could have reached out to any of my friends and said like hey I'm dealing with some stuff can I just talk about it like I said I feel like we've always been supportive of one another and I don't feel like I've ever necessarily been afraid to tell you anything but at the same time until recently we didn't really talk about our struggles a whole lot like not in a serious way you know we Mm -hmm. we talk about how bullshit something was and laugh it off or whatever but we were never like no, we like this seriously hurts. Off, but. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. But uh, but I feel like part of the reason that we're more open with one another is because it's two sided. You know what right. I mean? Like mm-hmm. you knowing that I have also had those feelings where I was like, I might, right, I might. Right. Like makes you more comfortable saying, yeah, that's that's how I'm feeling right now and so you know hopefully being more open with one another if the next time one of us is in that spot Mm -hmm. hopefully we'll you know be able to say like okay I know that it's safe and that you're not going to judge or freak out or whatever that you're just going to let me talk about it and support me. And I think one thing I always kind of struggled with is, you know, I'm also a people pleaser, but maybe in a different sense where I'm like, I don't want to bother them. I don't want them to get that. Like all of my issues is so negative. (laughs) Like it's so annoying. Which is funny because never has a friend ever come to me and said something like, I'm really struggling with this thing. Please Mm -hmm. help me with it. And right. I've been like, ew, I don't want to, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm like <laughs> never, but I have that same thought where I'm like, I don't want to bother mm-hmm. my three best friends in the entire and, world yeah, yeah. with this. Like, I mean, I feel like I want to die, but mm-hmm. they've got more, they got bigger things going on yeah, than exactly. me potentially yeah. blowing my head off or something. Right. Right. Yeah. It's fine. Um, I... I, like, that's me to a T, where I'm like, Mm -hmm. uh, like, in 2015, I think that was a big thing where, like we said, neither one of us really knew the struggle that each other was going through, because I was telling myself, well, Britta's got her own shit going on, and, Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to bother her with that, or, like, I know, um... 
like talking about my dad and the grief I was going through, I'm like, I don't want to bum her out and talk about this. It's definitely something like I think this past year, I was in a really dark place and I was just spiraling. And there was one point where I literally went and like stood by the river and I was like, I could just jump in. Like I, this whole time I was thinking of ways to actually like do something to myself that would not scar my children. So I'm like, if I, if I do this, if I use this method, that's going to be like, where am I going to go? Um, if I use, if I go to the garage, somebody's going to find me or something like that. Right. So I was trying to figure out ways where I, my kids wouldn't be the one to find me. And I went to the river one day and I just stared at the water for probably a good 30 minutes where I just, I was trying to argue with myself essentially about why or why I should not jump in. And I'm thinking, like, I'm somebody who kind of has unconventional, I guess, spiritual beliefs where I'm thinking, like, maybe reincarnation's a thing. And I'm like, if you jump in, you can come back as a fish and it'll be a lot easier. Like, you don't have to worry about all of this. You don't have to worry about you being worthless. So I, but then I'm talking, like, I'm trying to convince myself that, you know, you've got all this stuff to live for. So... One of the things that helped me through that is knowing that I had friends that understood it. And I had people that I could reach out to that really knew how it felt to go through that. So I think the biggest difference between now and then, even though then I feel like I was in a much darker place than I was in 2015, where I just kind of had a lot of suicidal ideations and maybe one one period where I was like, ah, I could just throw this blow dryer in the, in the bathtub. That's fine. But I feel like I was in a much darker place where I was actually mentally starting to plan something Mm -hmm. and developing that. But it helped knowing that I could reach out to somebody. And I did at one point. We have a group chat. Britta's mentioned it before on our podcast. It was originally the Animal Crossing group chat. (laughs) And I eventually, like, when I was going through the shit, I reached out to them and I was like, so guys, (laughs) I have been having these thoughts and I've been having these kind of plans and I know I've been isolating, but I just need to let you guys know that this is what's going through my head. And one of the girls in there said something along the lines of, we needed a code word. What what did she say? Help? Just say help if you're going yeah. through that. Just if anyone in this group is dealing with these types of thoughts or these types of feelings, all you have to do is type out the word help and one of us will call you and reach out. So that is something that I've kind of has meant a lot to me and just knowing that I have that support in the back of my mind has been a huge um help so uh I think with this past year I've also after all that I started going to therapy I went to my doctor like I had said went to her and I was actually completely honest and I have never been completely honest in my life when it comes to doctors. (laughs) I'm always just like 
uh, pain scale when I was giving birth. I was like, this is a six. It's fine. <laughs> I'm good. Baby town, Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've never been completely honest, especially about my mental health. And I was 100% honest. And I completely failed that assessment where every single thing was a, yep, think about that every day. Yep, I want to, I want to do that every day. And nope, not eating. (laughs) Nope, not sleeping. And my doctor was like, oh my God. (laughs) So got me psychiatric help and got me something more serious. And I got into therapy and I laid everything out for my therapist. And I went through all of that and I've never done that before. And I feel like actually talking about it and, you know, just being able to be honest about it helped. I will say I had mentioned this in our Facebook group, which is Self-Satisfied Fam. If you guys want to join, you definitely should. But I talked about this on one of the posts in our Facebook group where the if somebody knows that I'm going through a difficult time and they say, well, think of all these things that you have to live for. That doesn't work for me. I feel like that's more of a lecture than anything. And I mean, be grateful for what you have. Yeah. Maybe some people, maybe some people that does work for, but it's not something that works for me. I, I need to know, I know what I have in my life and I know I have great kids. I know I have a great job. I know I have a home and I have a lot of, like I have wonderful friends and family, but I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about me being worthless. So my problem isn't that everything in my life is bad necessarily. I mean, obviously like I'm going through, like I was going through difficult times, like financially and emotionally, like I was, that was right after I had split up with my ex-husband. And so that was a factor, but the biggest thing was me thinking I'm just worthless. I'm fucking it all up. It's it's me. Yeah. Every The world's going to be so much better if I'm not here. So saying, <clears throat> saying things like you have so much to live for doesn't help. It's, right. it's needing those actions and those affirmations that I am loved and that I am worthwhile. And I'm not a piece of shit, essentially, that really helps me. And just having somebody to vent to, just knowing that I can go to somebody, whether it be a friend or a therapist or whoever, and say, these are, like, these are the thoughts I'm having and them not judging me for it and them not making me feel guilty or making me feel bad about it is probably one of the things that has helped me the most. I also have... Our friend Chantel, she's an absolute angel. One thing she's done is she, I told her that when I was going through that lack of motivation stage, my house was just a fucking wreck. And it still is because I have, like, I just got overwhelmed with it. It's not that I don't have the motivation. It's just that I'm like, uh, I don't know where to even start. So I had just kind of expressed those thoughts to her, like, hey, can you come over and maybe just help me sort my laundry one day or something like that? And she's like, no, I'm going to come over and I'm going to deep clean your fucking house. (laughs) So things like that where it's like I have been struggling to do these things and somebody to step in and be like, 
I'm going to help you do this. I'm going to help you get that motivation or even not get the motivation back, but these things that you can't do right now, I'm going to do it for you. Give you a clean slate. Yeah, 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 exactly. When I'm at my darkest, usually the thoughts that are going through my head is that my problems are unfixable. Right. You know, like I can't fix my marriage. I can't fix my crippling debt. I can't get my house under control like I can't do it and a lot of times it for me it's like it would just be easier Mm -hmm. if I weren't here and then somebody could sell my house and I don't have to fucking worry about it and (laughs) somebody would take over the store and I don't have to fucking worry about it and whatever like it's I don't want to say like you know people that in their lives are selfish but for me it's definitely kind of a selfish act because it's me literally trying to escape everything that I feel like I cannot do and that I'll never be able to do so I might as well just end it now right and I am and I'm different in that I guess where it's like, yeah, these things are difficult but I can make it through difficult times it's me that's the problem right I was talking to somebody recently, well, not recently, but a few months ago, about that, and they had said essentially what you had just said. I just thought it would be easier when I was going through that, and I was like, well, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I didn't, I never expect anything to be easy anyway, so. Right. (laughs) Because nothing's ever really been a cakewalk. It's just the fact that I'm like, I don't think that I deserve this. Right. So, like, even if things were going to get easier, mm-hmm. they're going to get easier to without me because right. I'm not there. Yeah. So, it's going to get easier for everyone else because I'm not there and I'm not the problem in their lives anymore, is right. essentially it. So, that's why I need that convincing that, you know what, we do love you and we do want you in our lives and we do think you're wonderful. So, reminding me of what I have to live for isn't really something that works because I'm like yeah I know I know what I have but right I convincing you that you deserve it is the the trick there yeah exactly so it seems worth mentioning that if you are struggling with suicidal thoughts the national suicide prevention lifeline phone number is 1-800-273-8255 and they also have a crisis text line where you can just text talk to 741-741 if you need to reach out to somebody for help i think that is really helpful because like i said i'm not the greatest at sharing my shit and I feel like I'm a burden to people, but I feel like in those really dark moments, if I felt like I was going to do something unchangeable, then if I were to text a total stranger and say, hey, person who literally does this for a living, Mm -hmm. here's what I've got going on. And, you know, they could just hear me out and, like you said, let let me vent or whatever that that would be hugely helpful. I know back in August when I was going through my shit, I I didn't call the suicide helpline, which I think is a phenomenal thing that we have access to. I think it's wonderful that they that they do that. I didn't contact them, but my company provides an employee basically 
a line that employees can call if they're going through difficult times and they give like free counseling you get free counseling sessions through them so i called them just to say like hey i need i need help i need a counselor and one thing that you know that was great is that not only did they set me up with my therapist currently but they also that counselor listened to everything I had to say. So it wasn't necessarily that specific hotline, but it was a hotline where I got to talk to that stranger about it. And they were very understanding and very wonderful and just helped me just let me vent and let me talk about what was going on. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We did reach out to the self-satisfied fam Facebook page to ask if there were things that they thought were warning signs for themselves or people they knew that might not be like textbook. One girl said that one thing she has noticed was the preparation to leave. Mm -hmm. Like they start giving away their things, their prized possessions or gifting or donating more money than they normally do. She said that recently she had a friend overseas that her and her friends are Twitch streamers. And one of them had donated $100 to each of them when they weren't even on a live. So it was just kind of random. And then he gave one person $1,000 who he knew was saving. They were saving up for a new PC. And from an ocean away, they luckily picked up on these, these signs and sent him messages of love, begged him to stay longer, and even looked up numbers and places in his country to call and so he could go talk to somebody. And thankfully, he was open to listening to them. And he actually spent a couple weeks in inpatient therapy after that. The, he, she had another friend who just dropped off the, the radar for everybody. Like Cassie said, she tends to mm-hmm. isolate. And this person basically said, hey, I'm taking a break from social media and dropped off of the internet and then completely were completely unreachable via text messages and she said that she wasn't sure if this friend was contemplating anything but she was worried and even reached out to her mom and she did finally hear from her around Thanksgiving and basically she just had some sort of event that triggered her and she kind of spiraled and needed to step away from everything Mm -hmm. she said for herself that her husband notices that when she is spiraling and starts to get down in those deep dark places that her moods shift considerably she's indifferent to everything every topic she doesn't talk really a whole lot and if she does talk it's kind of bare minimum responses if she's really gonna break down she pushes everybody away and doesn't talk to anybody unless she has to and pushes herself to keep busy because one of her big issues is that she feels like she's useless. And so she'll put off going to bed by doing chores around the house and stuff like that. And then as soon as she's sure everybody is asleep, she'll, you know, have her, her meltdown. Mm-hmm. Um, she says that it helps her when her husband kind of breaks apart those conversations that she's having internally all the time. So he starts kind of picking at her thoughts and basically sounds like he's kind of being like super nosy, which is clearly something she's, she's comfortable with. And she, he lets her word vomit all of 
her stuff on him and so that she can process it because processing it out loud is a lot more helpful to her than internally processing it. I think there was another thing in there where she had talked about where she... Shit. She had one more red flag that she saw becoming super affectionate or saying things that you might appreciate hearing from them when that's out of the norm. So Mm -hmm. things like the random text from somebody you haven't heard from in a long time who says, hey, I'm really proud of the person you are and you're so amazing, etc. She said that her uncle at a family event She had felt like something was off, but nobody caught anything. And he kind of hugged her extra long and told her that he loved her and was very proud of her and how much she's grown up. And, you know, then he unfortunately ended up taking his own life. And she said that, you know, if she could go back in time, she would have had a much deeper conversation with him besides that simple, I love you back, and then jumping right back into the family event. But right. they weren't aware that that was the that, that was a warning sign. Another listener said that they often will find themselves crying when they should be extremely happy. So if somebody does something really nice for them or something good happens to them, they'll cry. And it's not like happy tears. It's because they don't feel like they deserve that because mm-hmm. of their depression. They feel like they're worthless and that... This person is putting all this effort into doing a nice thing for them and they don't deserve it. Then she also said that having extreme gratitude for little things people do for me for the same reason because she feels like she doesn't deserve it. So, you know, if somebody were to offer to come clean her house or whatever, she would be overwhelmed with gratitude because she doesn't feel like she's worth that effort. And Mm -hmm. then overcompensating like doing more than is expected from her because she needs that validation of being a good person or wife or mother because the depression and anxiety tell her that she's not. See, that was one thing that I, that kind of struck me too when I was Mm -hmm. reading through the Facebook post was how she had said that, you know, she overcompensates and she just does extra stuff. That's the opposite of me. So that's just kind of goes to show you that everyone has different, like, idiosyncrasies as far as Mm -hmm. that goes and different signs and just knowing what those are for those close to you can make a big difference right it I don't know if it's prudent to like be giving your friends a questionnaire on their signs and symptoms right 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 right. (laughs) but like um do you let's be friends um give me your warning signs (laughs) right can you tell me what it looks like when you're (laughs) about to do something silly right but just being open honestly right exactly and and as I said before if you're sharing that stuff with your friends like hey if I'm doing this that's a sign of something serious then they're going to be inclined to share those things with you so be open about your experiences and your issues your thoughts and hopefully that will inspire people to do the same with you Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what, that's kind of the premise of this podcast, too, I guess. Exactly. Because, like, we're open and honest about our struggles, and hopefully it's something that people will connect with and relate to, and then they'll 
seek help or they'll, you know, realize that they're not alone. Right. Absolutely. I think that is about it for suicide prevention. Again, if you guys are struggling, reach out to somebody, anybody. And it's um, not always easy. Like like we right. said, and you like your friends aren't always going to reach out to you when they're in that dark place. So check on your strong friends too. Like just Absolutely. Just be there, be supportive. The biggest thing you can do is remind your loved ones that it's okay to be open with them and you're right. a safe place essentially. And and like I said, the more you talk about mental health and your belief in mental health resources like therapy or medication or even just your experiences, the fact that you don't think depression is just an excuse to be lazy, etc., mm-hmm. the more people are going to want to be open with you. So keep that in mind, you know, when you're joking about your depression or whatever that Mm -hmm. the people around you are going to be thinking oh they think it's a joke and maybe less inclined to have those serious conversations with you right 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 and you know we do joke about like our trauma and our because laughing is a coping mechanism but we also explain like we also make it clear that this is something that's real to us right 100%. All right, so that is it for this week then. So Jessie has a little bright spot this week, and her bright spot, which I don't feel like this is little, Jessie. This is wonderful. Her stepson told me I'm the best stepmom ever. That's amazing, and I love hearing that from kids. So, um... And that's a huge achievement. Like, to come into a child's life and become that important, that's amazing. Yeah. And and I mean, I know being a step parent can be very difficult sometimes. So, just knowing that you make a difference in that child's life, that's huge. So, yay. That's all we've got. All right. So, on our next episode in a couple of weeks, we will be talking about parenting. So we'll kind of discuss the effects parenting can have on Mm -hmm. your mental health, your relationships, your sense of self, etc. And we'll also go a little bit into the trials and tribulations of both being a neurodivergent parent and having neurodivergent children. So Mm -hmm. we are looking forward to that and we will catch you next week. Have a great week. Didn't steal it. (laughs) (laughs) Left it for (laughs) you.